Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, friends, for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Well, I don't know about you, but my garage is an absolute mess. I don't like to tell you that. I wish I could tell you that if you walked in my garage today that you would be wowed by how organized everything is and and all the pegboards look so great and everything is just, you know, perfectly organized. I go into some people's garage and, you know, it's like this doesn't even look like a garage. You could eat off the floor and you could sleep in this place. But unfortunately, my garage is messy. It's messy because things are scattered everywhere. It's messy because I just shut the door and neglect to deal with things that need to be dealt with. It's it's messy because, are you ready for this? When it comes to my garage, I tend to be kind of a hoarder. I really don't like to throw things away. <laughs> I've got, I mean, after all, I paid money for these tools and this stuff that I bought at other flea markets or yard sales or estate auctions where they were getting rid of their junk. And and I just brought that junk from other people into my house. And so I got all this junk and stuff now everywhere. And and then on top of that, I've got people, and I'm not going to name names, but you know, have brought stuff to my garage and have kind of dumped their stuff into my garage too. So I've got my junk and I got other people's junk and I've got junk that I've inherited and junk that I've brought in. And yeah, you kind of got the picture. It's really messy. I'm so thankful I got a garage door and I'm glad it's down that my my garage is located in the basement below my house. You have to drive around the back of the house to go into it. It's kind of nice to know that nobody really can see that messiness. That Unless I take them down there, they don't see the mess. Have you ever thought about the messiness of Christmas? Really, think about it. The messiness of of the Messiah when he came into this world. I don't know about you, but you know, when I when I get Christmas cards, and you get them too, friend, and you, you look at them, and I mean, they're beautiful. There's this beautiful nativity scene and, you know, the nice little manger with the straw and, you know, the sunbeam or moonbeam or some kind of beam coming in, you know, and, and everybody looks so clean and nothing looks grungy and nothing looks messy and the shepherds all, they all, everybody looks so poised and the animals all look really nice and and, and I guess that's what we do with Christmas cards, because I don't think we would sell Christmas cards if they looked grungy and messy. But in all reality, the first Christmas when the Messiah came, he came to a very messy world. And, you know, I think, I think about 
the in fact that it was messy politically. I mean, you had people like Herod the Great, who really, if, if you study about Herod the Great in history, I mean, he was horrible. Uh, he was the one who, whenever he got news that the king was born, ordered that all of the children two years of age, all the male children two years of under there in Bethlehem be slaughtered because he, there had been a rival king that had been born. What, what a guy. And then you think about Rome, who was the ruling power of that day, and all the atrocities and the ugliness and the corruption of the government in those days. And then religiously, you know, you had groups like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and and you had all the super legalism that was going on, and, and you know, the temple, and they'd made the temple into a den of thieves, and they were, they, there was corruption everywhere. I mean, it, it just was messy, the world, and then the poverty. So, so, so many people that were, that were without. I mean, I, I recently was reading how the average home in the days of Jesus, you know, was like maybe a one or two story home with a dirt floor. And then, and then even the poor of homes, much like no doubt a home Jesus lived in, that sometimes even your livestock lived in the home with you. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a messy world when you think about that. I think about that first Christmas when Jesus was born and you know, and, and there was no room for him in the inn, and there he was in the manger there in that stable. You, you think about it. That, st- that stable, it, it stunk like stable stink. When you think about how messy it was, I mean, there was, Jesus was born into the world, you know, with the smell of urine and dung and, and of, of human sweat, cobwebs and mice, molding hay. I mean, just think about the messiness. There was nothing pretty. There was nothing hallmarkish, <laughs> you know, about that scene. He came into a messy, messy world, and and then those smelly shepherds that showed up, who you know, who were refugees from a bathtub and hadn't had a bath maybe in weeks or months, and so we've got these smelly shepherds in a smelly stable, and he's wrapped in the rags of poverty, and he's laid in a feeding trough, and there's just messiness. You know, there's there's messiness in the. Think about the lineage of Jesus. You you go back and look at some of the people there, and and I'm sorry, but there's a few people in the lineage of Jesus. You know that yeah, they're just. They're kind of messy. You've got Rahab the harlot, and you got the whole David and Bathsheba situation, and and the list could go on and on and on. Messiness. You think about the messiness of how he was born of a virgin, and 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 the fact that people would just be looking at this like scandalous, and the messy situation this created for Joseph and Mary, and and, and the fact that you know. No one's going to believe this story that she received this child supernaturally because the Holy Spirit moved upon her, and and this child was the son of the Most High. Never before had anything like this happened. Never again would it ever happen in history, and it just kind of creates a, a messy situation. Think about that. The Messiah comes into a messy world. Recently, a friend of mine shared a poem by Madeline Lingle, who wrote a poem entitled The First Coming. I want to share a few lines of this with you. 
I love this. He said, she wrote these poems. She said, he did not wait till the world was ready, till men and nations were at peace. He came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. He did not wait for the perfect time. He came when the need was deep and great. He dined with sinners and all their grime, turning water into wine. He did not wait till hearts were pure. In joy, he came to a tarnished world of sin and doubt, to a world like ours, of anguish, shame, he came, and his light would not go out. He came to a world which did not mesh, to heal its tangles and shield its scorn, and the mystery of the Word made flesh. The Maker of the stars was born. Jesus came into a messy, messy world. But, but, you know, I think about that, and it, it, it astounds me on one hand. But on the other hand, wasn't that the reason why he came? What, wasn't that the good news to the shepherds? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a, a what? A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And the angel said to Mary, and then later on to Joseph, his name will be called Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. You follow the footsteps of Jesus, and you see him dealing with people all the time whose lives were a mess. I mean, I even think about that scene when he came to Simon Peter and and calls him to follow him, and Simon Peter falls down at the feet of Jesus and says, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. You know, I'm not worthy to follow you. My life's a mess. And Jesus says to him, you know, from henceforth, you're going to catch men. Come on, follow me. I'm going to make something out of your mess. And indeed, he took the messy life of Simon Peter and made something out of it. There was Matthew, who was a tax collector, and and then there were some of his disciples who had formerly been zealots, who you know, who were basically, you know, they were like militia. I mean, they were they were they were a messy group. Those original disciples, and then I think about so many people. He's like Mary Magdalene, and and then there was a woman caught in the act of adultery and poor. You know, Zacchaeus, who was up in the sycamore tree, whose life was a mess, and there were lepers, and it seemed like, you know, Jesus was accused of being the friend of publicans and sinners. I mean, you think about it. He hung out with the losers, and and he hung out with the marginalized, and those who were unloved and unwanted, and the untouchables, those that, by and large, the religious world and the social world just kind of marginalized. People whose lives were very messy. And yet, Jesus, the Messiah, he came into our mess. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Beyond what Jesus did in his earthly lifetime, isn't that still the message of this season? Isn't that still the hope? that we have, is that this Christ, who became flesh and was the God-man who lived and died, rose again, ascended into heaven, that this, that this Christ, the Messiah, 
He not only dealt with the messy people of his day and time, but gratefully, thankfully, he understands the messiness of our time. I recently had somebody say to me, you know, Mark, everything is in a mess. And you know what? I have to agree. This year, 2020, yeah, like somebody said recently, if, if 2020 were a fish we caught, we'd throw it back. You know, it's just, it's been one of those crazy years, but things are a mess. Things are, things are messy. But not only as we look at the broader scene, but let's bring this home, okay? Can we just bring this home? And that is that there are a lot of people, maybe even you who might be listening today, things are a mess for you. I'm not talking about your garage, and I'm talking about, you know, some closet in your house or a drawer that needs straightened up. I'm talking about the mess in your life. There are people today who've, who've made a mess of their lives financially this year. There are people who have made a, a mess of their lives relationship-wise this year. Maybe your, your marriage is a mess. Maybe your relationship with somebody in your family, is a, you've made a mess. Maybe some of you, the New Year's commitments you made back in January all fell through somewhere in February. And, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you see? You, what do you feel? You feel that sense that, man, everything is just a mess. I'm talking to college students who thought this was going to be a great semester for you, and yet as you look at your college experience, it's, it's been kind of messy. And, and, and like my garage, we try to shut the doors and we, and, and we try to divert everyone around because we really don't want people to see our messiness. But I want to tell you something. The Christ who came, the Messiah, came to deal with the mess in our lives. He, he came to bring us hope, to bring us healing, to grant us forgiveness, to give us grace, to restore us, to redeem us, to save us, and to enable us to move beyond the mess of our past into the hope of the life and the future that he has for us. So I just want, on this last podcast of the year 2020, I want to encourage you that if, if there's things in your life that, that are rather messy, that the Messiah came for you, and he came and lived and died and rose again, that he might give you hope. He, he came to mend your broken heart. He, he came to forgive your sins. He, he came to, to redeem your life from destruction, to save you from the crippledness of your past or even what presently is holding you back. That that's the real message of Christmas and the message of the Christ who came. Good tidings of great joy. Why? Because unto you is born this day a the city of David, a, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You don't have to dwell in your messiness. You don't have to stay forever locked in your mess. There's a Messiah. There's a Christ. There is Jesus. And he wants to save you 
deliver you, forgive you, strengthen you, enable you, move you out of where you're stuck, and move you into the brightness of the life He has for you. I hope that you will remember this Christmas season that Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you'll only look to Him, you will find hope along the journey. Again, I want to thank all of you for listening this year, for your prayers, for your support. We're going to be taking a couple of weeks off here during the Christmas season, a couple of weeks we're taking off, and then in January we'll be starting again. But I pray that this season of the year will be a blessed season for you and for your family, and that God will strengthen you, comfort you, encourage you, and help you to see the joy and beauty of this wonderful season of the year. May God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.